0: Amen, amen. Make yourselves comfortable. Come on in. Come on in. Praise God. It's good to be in the house this morning. Amen. It's good to be with family this morning, isn't it? Last week we started dealing with some baggage. Right? We started dealing with some luggage. Anybody left a little lighter last week? Amen? But how many you know there's still a little bit of residual left? Anybody? Anybody still got some stuff? You still lugging around? Well, I'm going to guarantee you, let you know right off the bat, this is weight loss week. Between last week and this week, we're going to help you unpack... And, and, and it's up to you, but you, you're going to be able to leave a little lighter today if you choose to. Amen? You can lose some, some weight this morning. Some weight that's been dragging you down and holding you back and making you tired. Oh man, that's good stuff. Alright, here's the, here's the quote this morning. Everyone you meet... Has some baggage. Good, one person agrees. Amen. That's all I need. I don't care. I keep going. Everyone you meet has some baggage. The key is to surround yourself with people that love you enough to help you unpack. Oh, man. That's good stuff. Last week, uh, I came on the platform, in case you you, you missed last week, weighed down with a whole lot more luggage than this. I had a whole lot of bags. And I just, you know, I did it as an illustration for Pastor Gary's message, right? And then, you know, I got it all down, and, you know, and then I, I, I went and I sat down. And as I sat down, God was showing me so many more things about the luggage, and, and I was shifting in my seat, like, you know, more than usual because I have ADD, so I'm always shifting, right? But, but I was shifting in my I almost I almost got up and interrupted him and said, wait, 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 Gary. Before you continue, I got some more that I want to drop with this luggage thing, man, because God is showing me all this, that there's more to this, amen? And so, see, sometimes, God was showing me sometimes... We don't let go of our baggage because not only have we gotten so used to it, but we've learned how to use it. Mm. Well, I mean, we adapt, all right? Aren't we like human, humans? I mean, we, we can adapt to just about anything, right? You cut off our leg, we adapt. You cut off, we just adapt. We we just know how to deal with things, right? And we adapt. And and so we've done that with our luggage. We've adapted so well. Some people don't want to let go of their baggage because it's a part of them now. We've learned to walk with it. We've learned to rest on it. We've learned to sit on it. Imagine that. We've learned to take rest in our baggage. Ay, ay, ay. That's not heavy. You guys gotta get sharp. Wake up. Get with me. Got moving. I don't have time to explain everything. You gotta catch it. Amen. So sometimes we use our baggage to rest things on. We've learned to adapt to our issue, to our baggage, and it's become a part of us. We take it everywhere we go. I talk to a lot of. Married couples and, and, and you know, we, 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 we use our baggage to keep people at the right distance from us. <laughs> We've learned to keep people at a safe distance, close enough to talk to, but not close enough to have intimacy. Intimacy. I talk to a lot of married couples, that, and they have all these intimacy issues, and, and they don't realize, the, the more they tell the story, they don't realize they're both sleeping on either side of the baggage. You'll get that picture later. <laughs> and, and, you, you know, we, we, we use this thing, and, and, and we, we let people get just close enough. If people get a little, a little too close, we go, whoa, whoa, baggage check. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, too también baggage check. We let people get close enough to get to know us, but not close enough to hurt us. Somebody say amen. And man, when the Holy Spirit dropped that on me, I said, Aye, that's good, man. That'll preach. And then I felt God say, That's you. So th- then that's not, don't get fun no more, right? When God starts talking to you. It's fun for me when he talks to me about you. <laughs> I love it, boy. I go kicking and screaming. I go after you. I chase you, right? But, but, but I really felt God said, that's you. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but, you know, I, this all happened right here in the seat, you know. I, I wanted to argue back with God. Anybody ever been there? I said God, you know, and, and I started presenting my case to God. So yeah, yeah, that might be true. That might be true. But 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 God, I've been pastoring now for over 20 years. And I've led people into my life and I've given everything I had to give, and some people have taken that for granted. I had to to give and give and some people, you know, some people have laughed and cried with me in my face and have trashed me behind my back. Some have taken all the love and the energy they can drain from me and have at times left me empty without anything left from me and that was still not enough for them. Some have hugged me and targeted me. And, and I started arguing with God. I said, God, I'm tired of fake smiles. I'm tired of not knowing which ones are real. And so sometimes I keep the bag there now. Anybody understand where I'm coming from? Don't mind me, family. I'm just unpacking. Amen? Can I unpack? Right. I can't ask you to unpack if I don't unpack. Amen? So I'm unpacking. Because the word clearly teaches that I have to let that go. Thankfully, what God reveals, he heals. Come on, anybody get excited about the word? See, we can't just say God is my healer, my redeemer, my restorer. We have to actually let God heal, redeem, and restore the wounds that we've suffered. Wounds will not heal if we keep picking at them. Some of you got hurt 15 years ago, and you're still picking at that wound. You won't let the you won't let it scab over. You won't let it become a scar. You won't let it. Why can you want it to be bleeding all the time so you can show somebody? Oh man, come on, come on. Come on, some of you walking around, and I'm not, I'm not making light of the hurt that you've been through. Some of it is some real hurt. I'm not saying, oh, come on, grow up, get over it. No, there's some real hurt. But, but what I'm saying is that so for, for some of us, it was 15 years ago. And you're still trying to make it bleed. So you can show somebody, minute, minute, look, look what they did to me. And you don't realize how ridiculous it is that you got like a two millimeter scar there that's not even red. And you're still trying to show somebody, look, 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 it was serious, boy. I almost died. <laughs> Wounds will not heal if we keep picking at them. God is our healer, he's our redeemer, he's our restorer, amen. So it's time we kind of let go of the stuff and let him heal. Let him restore. Let him, let him reveal what he has to. Amen. Because watch this, watch this, 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 ah, oh, this messed me up. Listen, the last night Jesus had with his disciples, he was sitting around, you know, the table that your grandma has in the house where him and all the disciples sat on the one side of the table because they were taking selfies, right, right? And so you know, at that time, it says he was sitting around the table with them and he got up from the table and he girded up his, his garments and he put on an apron, and he went and he got a basin full of water. And he proceeded to wash the disciples' feet. And now, I mean, that's a huge enough statement. That's a big enough thing that, that the King of glory, that the Lord of lords, that, that Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, that he would stoop down and wash the disciples' feet. That's big enough, right? But, but watch this. In the book of John, John implies that Judas was there. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I have to wrestle with the fact that Jesus, knowing Judas, has already betrayed him at this point. Jesus, knowing Judas, has, has, already, has already made, he's already started the process. The word said there that Satan had already entered him. He'd already made arrangements. He'd already entertained the idea. That means, listen to this, what this means. That means that while Judas was ministering with Jesus, while he was watching him be blessed of the Father and miracles and healings, he would meet on the other side and speak behind Jesus' back. That means he was sitting at the table with him breaking bread while he was trying to break down his character behind his back. That means, so Jesus still washed his feet. I I don't know how that wrestles with you, but to me, that's big. He served him. He gave him every opportunity to repent, to turn away, to turn back until the final moments leading right up to his ultimate betrayal. John ends that passage with Jesus' words. John 13, 15, he says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So this morning, I invite you to join me as I too lay down my bags. Welcome to a Faker Free Fellowship. <laughs> See, what... what when it comes to what we're gonna be about, we have a choice, don't we? We have a choice. We can we can the, the, the truth is in every mess there's a message. The word testimony starts with test, right? And so we, we can pull stories, we can always go back to here and and pull stories from 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 the from the, the luggage, right? We can always go back here and pull stories and, and and sit around with our friends and say, Oh man, this is this is when Remember that guy, No, he was my friend for like 100 years, man, and, and we can always pull stories, and we say, oh, no, this couple, oh, man, this couple, let me tell you what they did to me, man, and oh, they almost wrecked my life. And we can pull all these stories, or we can pull stories from heaven. Listen, listen, we can pull stories from heaven and, and, and giving people the message that we got through the messes. We can talk about what He did to me, what they did to me, what she did to me, or we can talk about how God got me through what they did. We can come on, we can talk about the message or we can talk about the mess, church, if we can get bitter or we can get better. I, I'm about getting better this year, man. My, my word is healthy. My word for the year is healthy. It's not healthy for me to walk around carrying all this junk. I'm going to tell the God story. Am I helping anybody unpack this morning? Tell the person next to you, stop pushing me with your bag. (laughs) Come on, stop pushing me with your bag. Your bag is taking up space in this church. We need room for more people. I... The kingdom of God is a faker free fellowship. The mask thing is played out. Anybody agree? I've been in those church circles for years and honestly I'm tired of fake people hiding behind Christian masks. There's too many Judas's wearing John masks up in the church. John was the beloved. Judas was the betrayer. Decide for yourselves already who you're going to be. In the end, Jesus told Judas, Judas, what you're going to do, do quickly. Go. Do it quickly. So welcome to our membership class this morning. Amen. We wanted to take, Pastor Gary and I were talking, and we wanted to take these, these two weeks to talk about membership to the local church and membership, who we're called to be as a body. And whenever I talk about the local church and membership, I have a favorite story and a favorite scripture. Say, tell it, tell me. Thank you. I'm going to do that. <clears throat> Here's the scripture, Romans 12:3. Romans 12:3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ. And individually, we're members of one another. Eso está heavy than you can imagine. The NIV puts it this way, just as each of us has one body with many members... And these members don't all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body and each member belongs to the other. This is a scripture that if the church as a whole would get a hold of it, we wouldn't do half the things we do to each other. We wouldn't say half the things we say about each other. We wouldn't treat each other the way we... we listen, if 10 of you could get this this morning, it's been worth it. Amen? Amen? This word isn't just talking about the local church membership. It's talking about global church membership. We, though many, are one. We've been speaking in our series about who do they say I am, and we've been going back and forth talking about who Jesus says he is and then who we are in him, amen? And it's important that we see this amazing piece of scripture and the picture that Paul gives us here. He talks about the church as a body, physical body, right? Right? Physical, oh, 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 oh. One body flowing, oh. Don't get me started. That was just in the spirit, I didn't even plan that. Just like there are many members, and these members don't all have the same function, they're still members, they have to work together in order to be who they're called to be. This is such an incredible preaching, you gotta get this. If, if you've been watching the Olympics, right, and, and you hear of, of this runner, man, who, who beat all the records and he ran and he won, they don't give his legs the medal. They give it to the whole body. You never hear somebody's arms getting famous. <laughs> you don't say, they don't, you don't hear people talking about, oh, those legs, those arms, that brain, that back, the whole body wins. Come on, the whole body wins. If we could get this church, the church, if we could get this today, we'd be a totally different people. And the world wouldn't be able to ridicule the church the way it always has. When we realize that the weakest, poorest, most seemingly insignificant person in the room is a member of our body, this whole game changes. I love it when people ask me, why? Why do you put up with me? Why do you still believe in me? Why do you want to help me? And I love saying, because I'm a member of you. I'm a member of you. Isn't that what the scripture says? We're members of one another. I have a membership to you. Do you get that? Go to your wallet and pull out whatever membership card you have right now. You have a membership to Planet Fitness, though you never go. You, you come on. Six of you went. I, you pay your dues because they take it out of your check anyway, right? You pay that membership, but you never show up. The word says I'm a member. and I love. We people should be asking them why? Why? Why do you buy me things? Why do you get my kids gifts? Why are you reaching out to me? Why are you always asking about me? Because I have a lifetime membership to you. I belong to you. You belong to me. I'm a member of you. Why are you always checking in on me? Why are you so concerned with me? Because you're a part of me. Can you imagine if we got this? There wouldn't be an empty chair. There wouldn't be floor for people to stand up in because we'd be reaching out because we cared about somebody because we came here not just thinking about ourselves. I'm coming to church to see what I can get today. No, I'm coming to church to see what I can give today because I'm a member of you. I have a membership to that place, to those people. I have a membership. And and if there's an empty chair, it bothers me because who was sitting there last week? Who was here last week that wasn't here this week? And why? That would change the church. Listen, listen, I woke up one morning and my arm was choking me, said no one ever. (laughs) You you never hear somebody's Facebook post, oh man, I had a rough week because my legs kept kicking my butt all, all week. My arm, my wrist kept stabbing me in the back. No, why? Because your body wouldn't do that to you. (laughs) As a matter of fact, when one part of your body is damaged or hurt, the other parts of the body compensate. Wow, that's what fellowship should look like. That's what the church was designed to be. One member, many parts, each part a member of the other. Can you just tell somebody I'm a member of you? And understand now that God's going to hold you accountable for what you just said and who you said it to. I! Now you wish you didn't say it. (laughs) I just told a complete stranger next to me, I'm a member of you. Singles, this could be a good thing going on. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyway. Paul goes on to say, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. Never be lacking in zeal. Did you hear that? Never be lacking in zeal. That How do you? Anyway. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. That's what membership in the body of Christ is. That's what membership in this local church, a part of that body, should be. I'll be honest with you, I dislike so much. I'm not in those circles anymore, but I used to be around those circles where pastors use their membership numbers to puff up their egos. Oh, you, you wouldn't, that's the worst place to be. One guy will come out, well, you know, we're up to 200 members now. Whew, yeah, it's been, you know, praise God. And, and then the other person out next to him, he'll say, oh, 200 members, whew. Well, glory be to God. I know it's the Lord, but, you know, we're we're running about 500 members right now. Praise God. Give him glory. Amen. Santo. You know. And then the third present out that nobody even asked, nobody even knows him. He comes in. Oh, I remember when we had 500 members. (laughs) If I had those issues back then, (laughs) I'd be good now. You know, we're running about 1,000. Praise God. To God be the Glory. I I, want to pull my hair out and punch people in the face. I just want to shout. I say, Do you really have a thousand members? Or do you have an Excel spreadsheet with a thousand names of people who don't have a clue what it means to be a member of the body? I don't think, church, I don't think God's impressed with numbers. I don't think He's going to ask me, Pastor, how many numbers you're running? Stop me at the gate. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You get on the 200-member line. The express line of people with a 1,000 members plus. Mega church line only. No, he's going to ask me. We're going to, the word says, we're going to be measured by our love for one another. He's going to ask me, did you learn how to love people? And did people learn how to love people because of you? The word says that's the only measurement that God gives us. People will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. We're talking about membership, church. Listen, some churches take membership and they make it this big legal issue. I don't want to insult anybody where you're from. But some places you got to take 16 weeks of classes. You can't take communion until you're a member. You can't sit here. You can't sit there. You can't sit in the member section. You got to give more money. You got to go through an interview with all six pastors. Listen, what I'm concerned about here at TSF, it isn't so much membership to the church. It's membership to the body. Amen. We're called to be members of one body. I've learned that once we're on that track, sticking to a local church should come naturally. If God brings you to this body, then you stand with this body for as long as he has you here. Let me clear something up that that you might have heard someplace else. Church membership is not like marriage. It's not a covenant that says till death do us part. And if you leave this church, we're going to shun you. And we're going to talk about you. And we're going to trash you. And we're going to tell everybody that you used to be here, but you're not here anymore. So you're obviously not a good Christian. What's important, and, and, you know, sometimes God will call us out of a church. Sometimes God will call us someplace. But can I say something about that real quick? Be careful with that. Because it's not, that's not when somebody gets me angry at that church. God is calling me somewhere else. It's not, it's not when, when the pastor didn't greet me the way he greeted the person next to me. Or when, or when that's, you know, and we have our own. What does that go back to? It goes back to this stuff, right? Deal, deal with this already. Because this will have you jumping from church to church to church. And it's not you. It's not the pastor. It's not God. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's your issues. It's your issues that's keeping you jumping and jumping not letting you be settled. Amen? All right, enough about that. What's important is that you find your fit play your part where you are bloom where you're planted somebody say amen Amen. do whatever however long god has you doing it love on people encourage people reach out touch base check up invite some of you say well i don't have a ministry in that church yes you do put yourself in charge of the encouragement ministry as your pastor i give you all authority right now Butcher, your, nominate yourself, vote for yourself, and elect yourself as the person in charge of encouragement for this whole place. Appoint yourself as the person in charge of follow-up for this whole place. And point, appoint yourself as the number one smiler, lover, encourager, good word giver up in this place. I seal it, I sign it, and it's done. Amen. Stop telling people you got no job in this place. You do. You got whatever job you pick up and you do faithfully, that's your job. That's your role. I don't have a role. That's, that's because you want to be the pastor. Don't make me go there. You, so many people, they want to be the pastor because they want the limelight. They think this is the fun part. They don't know what the phone calls and the this and the abuse. And why do you think I got issues and baggage? It ain't easy. I'll tell everybody, you run as far from that as far. Unless God calls you to do that, don't do that. Don't desire that. That's my favorite scripture on membership. Here's my favorite story. It backs it up. I love this. This is one of my favorite stories in the Word. It's found in John chapter 4. It's about the woman at the well. I love that story. I don't have time to tell you the whole story. It's in John chapter 4. Read it for yourselves if you don't know it. But real quick, this woman was a hot mess. This woman at the well, she had had five husbands, and she was living with another man now. Somebody say, my God. (laughs) It doesn't tell us about kids, but she had the possibility of having five baby daddies. And she with another man now. Hot, Let's say hot mess. Amen. Amen. Nobody else wanted this woman around her. None of the other women talked to her. She came to the well at the hottest part of the day to gather water so she wouldn't have to deal with the hypocrisy of everybody else. Normally people come early, early in the morning before the sun is hot to gather, to get water from the well. That's when all the other women went. She would come at the middle of the day when it's hottest because she knows nobody's going to be there. She don't have to deal with the fake smiles. Ah, Praise God, hallelujah. She'd be there because nobody's there. Nobody's going to talk to her, and she's fine with that. I know nobody like me. I don't want nobody faking it. That's the kind of woman this woman was. And what happens, Jesus met her right there at the well, right at her funk, right at her worst and, and she had an encounter with God, and God blew her up. God gave her pr- prophetic words. He, he told her clearly just to, to let her know to mess with her. He told her, yeah, go get your husband and we'll talk. She goes, whoa, my husband, I don't have none. She says, yeah, that's right, you've had five, and the man you're with now is not your husband. She's like, whoa, whoa. She had an encounter with God. God met her there, and what did she do? Immediately after, she brought an entire town to Jesus with her testimony. She went everywhere, come meet the man who told me all about my life. Come, maybe he's the Messiah. She wasn't even sure. She said, come meet the man who knows me fully and still loved me meet the man she 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 brought an entire town now here's the question we gotta ask ourselves for my religious folk did she clean up first did she take a membership class did she learn proper doctrine and theology Did she make things right with her five husbands or kids if she had any? Did she do a Bible study with the disciples? No, she had an encounter with God and then she went to everyone she knew and she shared it. She was reconciled with God and she became a minister of reconciliation. Oh my goodness, just like the word says. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? See, once you understand that we're members of the same body, then you get that I'm a member of you. And that should change your membership commitment. Whew. We all have a part to play. We all have a mission. We're under the great co-mission. I love that word, co-mission. It means we're doing this together. We're on a mission together. If those of you that know me, I'm a special agent. So, I might have to kill some of you because I told you now, but... You know that I, I'm a mission. I'm a man on mission. That's me. I'm always on mission. I love that. So I'm on the, I've been given the great co-mission. That means you and I We be co-mission. Amen? Matthew 28, he says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely God says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Church, until this gets personal to you, then... People all around you will continue to walk in darkness while you selfishly hide the light that God has placed in you. The light that's been graciously shared with you. Listen, while you make room for your baggage, while you make excuses for your issues, those around you who are seeking and hungry for a relationship with God and with the body go hungry. We're members of one another. When somebody says, "Why are you in my business?" Because I have a membership to you. <laughs> I'm a member of you, worship team. I'm going to ask you to come. Just the just the musicians, as a matter of fact. We're talking about local church membership. Let me wrap this up. Local church membership, membership to the to the local church, is simply saying this. Listen, I get what this body's doing and I stand with this body what does that mean that means I'm gonna attend faithfully. If you're a member of something you attend the faith this is not Planet Fitness yes this is a judgment-free zone <laughs> but don't get it twisted it's not Planet Fitness you when you say I'm a member here it, it's, it, it means that you attend faithfully. It means that, you, that, that you're a part of it. Amen. It means I'll pray for it. I'll protect it. It means I'm faithful with prayer. And, and I, actually, there's prayer every other week. Imagine that. That means I'm a part of that prayer group. I'm a part of that prayer meeting because I want to pray with the people that are a member, that I'm a member with. Amen. It means I'll support it. You try to tell your gym, I'm going to keep coming here, but I'm not going to pay. I'm going to come to sports club, but I'm going to send my money to Planet Fitness. Sports club going to lock the door on you, right? See, when we're a member of something, we support it. I'll be a part of it. And then lastly, I'll bring life to it. That's the living part. You bring life to it. That means you say, listen, I'll be the coffee guy. I'll be the cook. I'll be the sweeper. I'll be the chair-putter-backer. I'll be the smiler, the worshiper, the encourager, the usher, the children's worker, the assistant to the assistant of the assistant. I don't care what rank I am. I don't care what position I play. I don't care how big or little or insignificant the title appears to be. I am a member of you. I'll do whatever long. God has me here with joy and with love. How I want to close today, I'm going to ask everyone to come to the table. I remember when my kids were small, we tried to, my wife and I, we tried to have a couple of dinners each week at least at the table. Anybody know what I'm talking about? we try, it's hard usually you grab your stuff and you go to the TV and you sit there and you talk and you watch a show or two but we tried having at least a couple of nights where we came to the table together and, and listen, I'll tell you that was some of the best times of our lives, man, there were times where we shared stories and, and my kids, they were so funny when they were young they were so cute when they were little they're still cute, they're still beautiful, I love you. But as they got older, things got harder. Say amen, all the parents in the room. And sometimes I, I remember when the kids, you know, when the kids are mad at you, they don't want to come to the table. Right? When, when there was an issue earlier, or you didn't let them do something that they wanted to do, and now it came dinner time, I'm not hungry. And we used to fight, say, I don't care if you're hungry or not, you're going to sit at the table with us. Whether you eat or not, sit with us, just sit with us for a little while. And those were the awkward times. Because you see, when we have issues with daddy, we don't want to come to the table. Mm. Mm. When we have issues with each other, we, the last thing we want to do is come to the table together. I'd rather get my food and go to the room. I don't have to deal with you. I don't want to have to sit at the table with you and look at your face and make conversation and have to answer questions and The table focuses us to remember
1: that we are
0: one and that we belong to each other, that we have responsibilities to one another, that we, though many, are one. So church, I, I wish today that we had a table big enough physically, that we could all sit around and just reconcile with one another and just share our stories and just share our lives, man, and just get to know one another and get to, but, but we can't, there's no room here, but understand that we're members of an an- one another. When we leave this place and we go with our groups and with our friends and, and we have our lunches and stuff together, understand that we're still members of one another. And that God is with us in that union. But for right now, what I want us to do is we're going to pray together. And then I'm going to ask that you come to the table. And you get the emblems. And you go back to your seats. Symbolically, we're coming to the table together as one body. Together we'll share from the same unleavened bread. And from the same fruit of the vine that represents the body And the blood that was shed for us. And so as you come to the table today, if you're not a member of this church and you desire to be, I'm going to ask that you grab one of the packets. Do we have them there? Yeah, they're right at the table. There's a form in there, and and just take them with you. Take the emblems with you back to to your chairs. There's a part for you in that package to fill out, and there's a part for you to keep and read. When you've received your emblems today, I'm going to ask that you just go back to your seats for a minute. Don't run out just yet. We still got a little bit of time. I'm going to ask that you go back to your seats and you create a sacred space. This is a good practice that will help you the rest of the week. Sometimes we just need to lock down for a minute, wherever it is, in your car, in your house, in a room, in the bathroom, and create a sacred space. Just create a time where you're not gonna let anything else bother you for a few minutes. And you're just gonna get right with God, and you're just gonna make peace with God, and you're just gonna ask God to speak to you and ask God to show you. And what I want you to do is is specifically deal with this stuff. Say, God, what's my big what's my big issue? And then, you know, what's the one with wheels and a handle? What's that big issue? The one that I drag around, the one that I keep in between, keep people in between me and, 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 and what's my, if there's time, get then break down to the smaller. What's the little issue? What's the fanny pack issue? What's the smaller things that I'm dealing with, God? And just, and just create that sacred space for a few moments in prayer. Make your peace with God and with whoever God leads you to do that with. And then when you're ready, don't wait for us. When you're ready, you go ahead and partake of the body and the blood. You say your prayer, you partake, and then you're free to leave. Amen. So I'm gonna ask, kind of just to to make this flow nicely. Can we all come up this way and go out that way? So that way it'll it'll create it, make it a little easier. Yeah, we can go ahead and start that. Says Jesus took the bread and after blessing it he broke it and he gave it to the disciples and he said take eat this is my body and he took a cup and when he had given thanks he gave it to them saying drink of it all of you for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Listen, some of you may have been taught from other places that unless you're a member of church or unless this or unless that, you can't take. What the word says is do it reverently. Do it meaningfully. So I'm going to ask that none of you would refrain just because of what you've heard in the past. Listen to what the word says and say, God, I'm going to partake in this, not because I'm worthy, but because you made me worthy not because i deserve it or i've earned it but because you say because you paid the price which was broken. We thank you, God, that you submitted your body to be betrayed, to be crucified, to be the punishment for our sins, God. We thank you that you willingly laid down your life to be the perfect sacrifice, We thank you that you are the Lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world. We thank you for the blood that was shed so that death would pass over us, Lord God. We thank you, God, that you love us, that you fully know us and still fully love us We thank you that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. And so, Father, we receive your body and your blood today, the broken broken bread and, and the juice, Lord, that symbolizes your blood, Lord. And we do this in remembrance of you today.